and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 210 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I'm Nixie. And I am Grace. And today we're watching SGA. Yes. Season 2. Yes. Episode 9. Uh-huh. Aurora. Yes. A.K.A. Uh-huh. Tron. Okay. I haven't... There's so many that I wanted to do that don't work. My A.K.A. was just all the Matrix jokes. Yeah, well, that one too. Yeah, yeah. Just, just not a specific one, just all of them. Yeah. And uh, I'll share a story <laughs> yeah. that when I was trying to come up with the AKA. And it's like 11 p.m. And um, fiance Jesse and I now go to bed early because mm-hmm. I get home early. Yeah. And so 11 p.m. is like. Hey, can I just say, when you say go to bed early. Yeah. It's still late. Well, it's 1030. It's early for you. Who used to have to go to bed at 1 a.m. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just want to clarify yeah, that yeah, for yeah. people. Because, We're not talking about 8 o'clock. Well, here's the thing is I'm a swing shifter. And so now I'm the early swing versus yeah, the late yeah. swing, which makes a world of difference. Oh, I yeah. will tell you when your body is uh, not built for that, to say <laughs> it lightly. No. Um, no. So, yeah, where I was going to bed at 1 a.m., I'm now in bed by, like, 10.30, 10.45. It's great. So it's, like, 11, 11.15, and it's dark. You're and almost going to bed the same time I am. Yeah, I know. And then um, TNG is on uh-huh. because that's what we fall asleep to now. Ours has been West Wing recently. Nice. But then we have to re-watch the West Wing episode the next day for yeah. where we last remember it because we can't miss So what happens for me is, because I've never actually watched TNG all mm-hmm. the way through, so we'll fall asleep to something and then in the morning I'll be like, what happened? <laughs> tell me what happened and then Jesse will fill me in. But we're falling asleep last night and I went, tell me about Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? I said, yeah, yeah. Tell me about the movie Lawnmower Man, because I wanted to use it as an AKA just because the name sounds cool, but it doesn't fit, y'all. No, it doesn't. It's the wrong type of... Uh, John does not become, like, you know, of the bad guy. Um, maybe the Wraith is Lawnmower Man. So, uh, from what I was told, there's a simpleton... Hang on. Okay. Yeah. Um, from what I was told about Lawnmower Man, uh, there's a neighbor who... There's a guy who gets his lawn mowed by, like, a simpleton neighbor, mm-hmm. and he puts him in, like, a virtual reality space and messes with his brain, and the guy becomes very smart and then virtual becomes evil. planetary, planetary, <laughs> virtual reality. Yeah, I know that's how the song goes. Don't worry. I like it. It works. Don't worry. Um, but it's not Lawnmower Man. No. So, it's AKA, not, not Lawnmower Man. <laughs> that's how I'll do it. Done! Not Lawnmower Man. I'm writing it down. Okay. Well, my... Um, I don't have too much pop culture. We were distracted by other things all week. A little bit distracted. I did uh, get to... We have not watched this week's episode of Clone Wars yet. We were okay. going to last night, but we got distracted by West Wing. But I'm catching up on Clone Wars. I am 20 minutes into a brand new series. Well, new for me, it's been on. It's one of those series that I always wanted to watch and never got around to it. Okay. I'm 24 minutes into Once Upon a Time, and I think oh, I've yeah. seen, like, five different Stargate references. 
Really? Yeah. That's funny. I should rewatch. I've seen the show before. I think I stopped. Including Braytech. That's funny. Yeah. I watched like was three seasons of it, I think. Just in the West Wing episode that we watched too. He's following you. He is following This is your Braytech weekend. Yeah, it's my Braytech weekend. Um, uh, one fun thing that I want to share. Yeah. Um, so we've been washing our hands a lot. We've been, you know, using hand sanitizer. Best thing you can being do. Safe, wash your hands. Doing all the things. 20 beca- seconds. Because our world is in an, in an interesting place right now. So, um, and they say 20 seconds. Uh, and, you know, people are like, oh, sing the chorus to whatever or yeah. do this part of this song. And it's hard to remember where to stop uh-huh, or like, have singing. I done enough? Am I just going to keep going? the entire show Am of I going to sing all of Carry On My Wayward Song? Because yep. my hands will fall off. You probably should sing all of Carry On My Wayward Song. I've been um, doing Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, but it's like how many times do you just win Toss I mean. a Coin to Your Witcher, O Valley of Plenty, O Valley of Plenty? Yeah. How many times do you repeat that? So here's what I've learned. It's three. I've done some reading. You've done some research. Yes. Um, th- there's no place like Tara theme song. Look at that. Is 23 seconds long. There you go. And I figure, you know, adjusting for when you're ha- singing in your head, you uh-huh. go a little faster. A little there's your three seconds. There you go. So, Nixie and Grace watching Stargate. We got a podcast on iTunes that you should rate. Nixie is super fun. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee, the Thorgy will help you make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make some drinks. As we rise from time pop culture, things. For crying out loud and put a smile on your face. There's no place like Sarah with Nix and Grace. I don't Ta-da. know if we've ever actually sung our theme no, song I don't, on our No, I was surprised we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never listened to it. <laughs> but uh, there you I go. thought that was fun. Just uh, in you case know. you needed a, another song to sing while washing your hands. And it's a fun little jingle. I like it, but, you know, I'm a little biased. Just a little. Um, things are fun times. Be kind to each other. Yes. Uh, I'm going to do my usual spiel that I like to do. Be do kind it. to each other. Be thoughtful. Uh, think globally. Think about all the other people in your community. Um, if you're thinking like, everything's fine, I'm fine. Consider the people in your life that may not be fine if they got sick. Yeah. That's all. Um, and just be thoughtful. No, don't be like freaked, but yeah, be, be thoughtful. Be thoughtful. I mean, I wiped down every surface in my entire house before Grace got over I here, including it. the front door handle. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was going through and doing all, and that's what they, so those are, I feel like we get this really great insight because of where we work. Gracie is the person in my life who I Yay. watch out for. Um, uh, we get this great insight because we get these behind the scenes of how the thing, people, corporations and yeah. places work yeah. that are a little bit you know pretty well managed and i know everyone's not as lucky to have yeah. uh, jobs like we do so wash your hands clean all the touch points in your house light switches doorknobs mm-hmm. those types of things um uh um toilet flusher handles the toilet flusher handle um Which you know wipe down your door handle on your car anyway when you clean your bathroom yeah. people forget about it it's so shiny make it shiny stay that way car. um your door handle on your car. Yeah. When you get back to your car from the grocery store, from the whatever store, that's the thing we touch the most, and it's most exposed to the outside world mm-hmm. germs. Um, that's all. Don't touch your face. Uh, that just, one's the fun one. I get is how hard it is. 
I have realized how many times I push my glasses up my face, so I've started having to do, like, the arm push. Yeah, I've been wearing nothing but contacts for that reason. But also, my hand is basically a face sucker from Aliens. It just lives on my face. I actually, so, um, I grew up and all through my 20s had really, really bad acne. Mm -hmm. And so I actually... I was constantly touching my face, and so yeah. to not touch my face from acne, I started wearing scarves. Oh. I have one scarf that I wore through four years of college, and then like four years after college, it is disgusting, <laughs> but it was like the one scarf I wore, so I actually wore scarves so that I had like a barrier yeah. between my hands, and I'd always touch my face through the scarf, so I've gone back to... The scarf touching? Not that I've ever not worn scarves yeah. since then, but using it in that way again. I like scarf touching. Oh, oh! I wanted to share something fun that happened. Um, yeah. So at school, in preparation for going virtual, uh, we have a team project coming up. So the last time we were last we have to go reality. onto Aurora. I mean, this is actually the perfect yeah, episode this is the time. for this week. Um, so we had to create teams because we have a group project coming up and because we're communication students they're like this is not going to be a reason not to do a group project you're going to figure out how to communicate to each other virtually side note i have a new aka nice what is it social distancing nice um but i wanted to share that we needed to come up with a team name on the spot so thankfully thanks to this podcast yes i had a list of band names <laughs> For us to choose They're from. I got them almost to choose Space Banana. Oh. But we went with Midnight Basil. <laughs> but I was like, I mean, Space Banana? Space Banana. And they're like, that is cool, but... Um, but no, we went with um, Midnight Basil. And so I wanted to share that with y'all because y'all would find that as funny as I did. I'm actually really proud of my AKA of social distancing. It's pretty great. Um... Let's start the show. Yeah, I'm also just realizing that I have none of the lights turned on in the house, oh. so I'm like, I should turn those on so that we can be, like, lit. Oh, look, it's like we're all glowy and pretty now. I know, it was just like this harsh sunlight coming in from the window. Yeah. Now I'm, like, watching myself in the video. Oh, the one quick thing I wanted to, because we've been updating people. Last week's D&D. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had special guest stars. We did. Of my parents. Mama and Papa. And they were fantastic. Nixie. The best part. We had the entire Nixie family clan. Yeah, we did. The best part is how I, my dad's a wild card. Oh, yeah. He's a wild card. Yeah. I didn't know if he'd be someone who like got into it or he'd just be someone who just cracked jokes the entire time, uh -huh. which both was fine. Yes. Yeah, he did you both. You just don't always know. Yeah. Dude, he, like, studied his spell list for, like, two days. He knew what he was doing. And he was just quiet in the corner. He was a technician, and then he's like, I'm going to come out, I'm going to put my spell over here, and uh -huh. it's going to take out these four guys. It's yeah. not going to affect any of my I cohorts. Know. I'm getting shit done. I know. I was Super impressed. impressed. And, and Mama Nixie yeah. was like, I'm going to hit it again. I'm going to hit everything. Can I hit it again? Action yes, you surge. can. Yeah. <laughs> we told her about action surge. Yep. And she's like, how many times can I do how that? We're like, just one. Surge. Just one. <laughs> uh, it was real fun. I did get I did get shit from dad when I uh, took over his character a little bit because he had a page plot. of exposition he that had he had to spell out. I gave him the cliff notes in case someone asked him a small question, but then yeah. I had to take over and I it was amazing the and then rosie got the most 
amazing <laughs> magical item in the whole world. So here's the thing. My we, favorite is how you think you got the best magical oh, I know item I in did. that mix. Oh, I know I did. I know that there's other great ones. But well, here's what's happened is we've gotten some amazing magical items because we have a very generous DM. Yes. However, only one of our people is an armed fighter. Yes. Uh, everyone else we have... Two spellcasters, one who can't hold metal because we have a druid. Yeah. And then me, who is an improvised weapon fighter. So we've got all these things that are cool, but we don't really quite know how to use them character-wise or yeah. how to, you know, how to work them through. Um, and behind the screen, yeah. secret, some things I've just swapped for other things. Sure. Um, it's been amazing. But, like, so everyone's gotten some really cool stuff now that's a little more tailored to them. And Rosie got... <laughs> Some fucking gold-plated, trashy, junk knuckles yep. uh-huh. that if she rolls a nat 20 and she hits someone with them, yep. coins drop out of them like fucking turtles. Yep. Yep. <laughs> They're like Mario brass knuckles. Yeah. I love it. I actually think of I think of the rings in Sonic, like yeah. when you hit something. And you you're have like, to make that sound effect. Whenever you get a nat 20, you have to make the ching 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 Yeah. Oh, I will. Oh, it's happening. It's going to happen. And yet another one of you got a helmet that Makes speaks the, to you yeah. and has extremely powerful spells included it's in it. It's pretty intense. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Um, that was a, immediately taken away from you. A fiancé Jesse, um, f- like, identified it. Yeah. Yes. But, but his character's not tall enough to grab it, so Rosie put it on her head for a second. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay. Well, no, you put it on your head before you identified it. You just had oh, a helmet right. on your head and it started talking to you. And I was like, hello? Yeah. It was very fun. So that's where we are. And then you made it out and you're on your way to grander places. We are headed to Candlekeep. Toward Adventure. To Candlekeep. Candle Alrighty. So now we're, you know, a distance into this. Yes. Let's start talking Stargate. That's good. September 23rd, 2005. Uh, this was, ri- well, stories by Brad Wright and Carl uh, Bender, written by Carl, directed by Martin Wood. Martin Wood, forever. So the, the captain and the first officer, Bruce Dawson and Pascal Hutton, like they're journeyman actors. I was going yeah. to list all of the places that they've been in, but if they look familiar, then yes, they were in that thing. Okay definitely the captain i'm like why do i know you they're like their imdb list is just he's also got a great like grandpa face though oh fantastic yeah you i mean you definitely understood his authority and his empathy yeah and his skills he's like just in the face badass grandpa who also dresses up as santa claus for christmas Yeah, yeah yeah okay um so the title and ship name Aurora, Aurora is not necessarily a reference to Aurora. Disney or fairy tales. <laughs> okay. Um, Aurora is actually um, Latin for dawn and is, is yeah. the goddess of dawn. Mm-hmm. And she flies across the sky every morning. She has two siblings, Sol and Luna. Oh, I know those things. Which are, you know, the also the name, the proper name for our sun. Yeah. And our moon. Yep. Um, and That's as, what we call them in other languages. Huh? I think in English is one of the only ones we don't call them Sol y Luna, right? Yeah, I think so. And we just call them... Like, like all the other Romance languages? Call yeah, them? but we just, call, we just call it Sun and Moon, which those are 
not names. Those are, I'm calling you person. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's like naming your dog, dog. Hello, person. I like it. And as I was looking, I actually saw the story on Wikipedia mm-hmm. that stood out to me. She apparently liked to fuck mortals, oh, as most her. gods and goddesses That's what they do. do. And one of her mortal lovers was... Mortal Lovers is a good band name. It is. What's that name, Grace? Uh, Tithonis? Tithonis, that sounds right. Uh, he was a prince of Troy, and she wanted to be in love with him forever. Forever. And so asked Jupiter uh, to grant him immortality. Well, again, when you're making deals with gods, you need to be very specific. Mm-hmm. They failed to ask for him not to age. So he lived forever and just got super old. Oh, no, that's not as fun. But I felt like that tied into this episode. Yeah. Because they had 10,000 years, but they just continued to age. Yeah, that's true. Oh, sad. Yeah. <laughs> Are you adding mortal lovers, I am. too? Mortal Good. lovers. So okay. we start the episode with a chess game. And apparently they actually got chess people to be to these play. two people who actually nice. set up the board. Like, they had the board set up and they came in and they're like, that's not a thing. And so they rearranged the board to be an actual, like... <laughs> that's awesome. ...thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the episode again for fiancé just, just to be like, what moves minutes? are they doing? What yeah. moves are they doing? Because he is a studier of the game. And... Did um, you ever play chess? I'm really bad at chess. Like, <laughs> I... I know chess. I can play chess. Uh-huh. I am not... Chess makes me realize that I am too much of like the instantaneous person. Yeah. I'm not someone who it requires a lot of does foresight. the long game. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do the long game in very broad strokes. Yeah, like my end game for chess is I want to win. Yeah, like that's yeah kind of the extent. I think uh, from my understanding is if you know how to play, the rest is just practice. And it's one of those where. I should learn to play and then we can practice. That works. Because then it'll teach us both how to have foresight. Because here's how I imagine it goes, right? You're playing in this instant space. And then the next time you get better, then you can play two steps ahead. And then you learn to play three steps ahead. I will say this. I will say this. Now, I have not played chess in many years. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't played chess since I started playing D&D. So I actually wonder if my experience in D&D and my experience in, like, learning how to read and manage a a game, or I mean a battle... That could help. ...may change the way I see and play chess. I think it's possible. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay. We should learn in secret. And, and then we can tell. battle. We can battle fiance Jesse and Mr. Phil. Nick's actually not bad at chess either. I believe it. He's a pretty good tactician. He is a tactician. Yeah. Okay. So the entire game is going on and confuses the shit out of Ronan Dex, who is just <laughs> sitting there eating, staring at these two people mm-hmm. who are just staring at each other. He got that blue jello too, by the way. He does have blue jello. Mm-hmm. I was going to point that. He didn't eat all of his blue jello, though. I know. What a waste. And Weir comes up and is going to sit down with him and has to explain that it's not a game of action <laughs> as much as strategy. Sure. And I bet she's amazing at chess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw, like, I want to see the game between her and Caldwell that happens. Oh, yeah. They probably play, they probably play, like, once a week. I she's, she's probably, like, so good and knows it. Yeah. 
Like, the reason she got into this job is because she's been playing chess since she was little. I would kind of, there's a part of me that that really wants to imagine that she hustles people. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Like the way Sam hustles them in pool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. And so Ronan accurately makes the analogy to Atlantis playing one big chess game with the wraith and everything. Mm. Um, But isn't all of life just one? He's such a poet. Big chess game. Life is a big... There was a song. Oh, hold on to your butts. There's some pop trivia for okay. you. Okay. Ricky Martin oh, dear has a song in Spanish um, called Juego de Ajedrez, which means chess game. Mm-hmm. And it's a song about how it's a fucking chess game to love this person that there he loves. You I once had to dance to Cup of Life. That's a good one. With um, gloves that went all the way up to my armpits oh. that had foot-long blue ruffles wrapped around them. <laughs> like you were, uh, uh, oh God, I just lost his name. Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. Full out. <laughs> it was like Rick or Rick, but, but it wasn't a shirt. It was just the arms. It was just gloves that went up to the armpits. Yeah. Well, that's the only important part is the arms. With full, but, and then, and then you the You should have gone into Cuban Pete right after the that. The ruffles <laughs> went all the way down to the wrist, so they like fold, so you My had no hands. My name is Cuban. Nixie. I'm the queen of the something something. So it was just like these weird rough, and there was like. 30 of us on stage with these things. That's a lot of ruffles. It's a lot of ruffles. <laughs> that's so many ruffles. <laughs> that's the only That's the only thing I now think of when I hear the name. So Ricky many Martin. ruffles. Okay. So we have this great moment where Ronan is like, well, I'm leaving. And here's like, <laughs> from Atlantis, it makes this whole spiel about we should stay. And really... He just meant he was leaving the table. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Just uh, I gotta get up now. <laughs> this is awkward. And and this awkward situation is saved because I love the awkwardness that uh-huh. exists whenever Ronan and Weir. They're so different. I know. They're so different and it's so good. Um, it's like Ronan and McKay. It well, it, yeah, but it's even weirder because. Ronan is really intelligent. Highly. They're both equally intelligent, but they've approached life in such different ways. I would argue mm-hmm. that Ronan is high wisdom. Yeah. And Weir's high intelligence. That's possible. Mm-hmm. That's possible. I mean, he's no slouch. His, his intelligence is not, like, low. No, I just... Their approach is... is um, I think of it like, like bartender Nick and I. Yeah. Where it's like... I like to read all the books and know all the yeah. weird erudite crap. Uh-huh. And he's like, let me just tell you how life works. Let me tell you how life works and I will keep you alive in the forest. Yeah, for and it's month. like there's a respect and there's like, I know we're on the same level, but somehow the things we like are very different. <laughs> I'm going to make a knife out of cardboard yeah. <laughs> that will keep us alive for a month. I still think the funnest we've ever had was when he and I put in a garbage disposal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Because not only did like he get to be like, I'm taking the lead now, yeah. I got to be like, I can help. I can do things. You're like, the, the instruction guide says this, and Nick's like, it's already in. Yeah. Well, no, it was just fun to be able to be like, no, I can do these things too. Yeah, I yeah. know how to shut off power, oh, and yeah. I know yeah, what yeah. the grounding is and this other thing. And and But and that he got to take the lead. It was fun. Usually for us, it's like, I'm going to read the instruction manual, and Nick's like, 
It's half done. Well, no, the fun part is I'm not an instruction manual reader either, which I is a little am. dangerous. But <laughs> I'm at least going to glance it. When it comes to something I don't know, I... Listen, Ikea, I go step by step yeah. with the instruction. And Nick's like, well, this he obviously does this. And I'm like... I like to refer to the instruction manual if I get stuck. Whereas I feel like Nick and um, maybe even um, domestic partner, boyfriend, fiance, Jesse... Um, <laughs> like to just do things i will say the one thing that i am the most strict with instruction manuals uh-huh. legos oh for first time yeah and then that's where you and jesse are similar and then second time no manual but then i see if i can make it the same way uh-huh. without the manual and then after that it's just Whatever it's gonna be. Legos are Legos. Okay. Okay. So we're saved by McKay, who wants to see Weir. I have she. He has to show her. <laughs> we're something. not even in the credits. We're not even in the credits. Okay. That's gonna be one of those episodes. It's been a long week. We're drinking some weird cocktail that I invented twenty minutes a ago. A toast to Aurora. So apparently McKay has been like reactivating dormant systems now that they have his NPM back. And oh look, what the long range sensors found an ancient ship called Aurora. Let's go to. Aurora, Aurora, let's go to Aurora. Let's all go to Aurora and get ourselves some recon. <laughs> uh, they were in a recon mission um, when the ZPM activated, and at some point, that ZPM sent out a beacon, a homing beacon, going, Hey, all Atlantis ships, come on home! We're powered again! Yeah. But given its location and the fact that we find out later it does not have the powerful hypership. Yeah. engines it's gonna take about 42 million years which yeah, how that. the fuck did they get there has it just been like one of those it's been ghost shipping yeah it's like when you stop it's like when you uh, so i think of it like this right um you know when you're like on a boat like a like a little speedboat or whatever and then like you jump off and maybe this is just something that our asshole parents <laughs> did and like you you turn the boat off yeah and then you go tell the kids okay go swim yeah and then you let the boat drift and then but so they, they're drifting in opposite directions? But, but, okay, at maximum, it would be like, what, two, 20,000 years, light years apart then? That's fair. They've been drifting for 10,000 years. Uh-huh. How maybe did they, they get 42 they, million maybe years Maybe they caught out? a, uh, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like a, like an express, like a little, like a wind current. I know this isn't a real thing. None of this is real. There's space this, wind. Yeah, yeah. They got on I mean, like they the express lane. They exactly. Yeah, they they accidentally hopped onto an express lane, and they warp speeded out there. Yep. So, they got on the toll roads. And they can't take a stargate there because it's too far away from, like, the jump. stargate's too far away to get the jumper there. So, Daedalus. Guess who's back? So I love how John and Caldwell just assume it's an ancient warship because it was around during the war mm-hmm. and it's a ship. Also, apparently Weir has discretionary power to utilize the Daedalus, which is pretty damn powerful. That's fucking badass. That's pretty it's, badass. That is a throwaway line that is real And that's got to make Caldwell not feel great. It makes Caldwell furious. Yeah. In this case, Caldwell <laughs> agrees with her. But... He wants to go on his own. His crew will only get the same level of experience with ancient technology if they get to do opportunities like this on their own. And sure. we're just like, ah, no, 
Yeah. No. Pretty sure we found it so we get to touch it first. Yeah. I loved, I do love the way she uses uh, the phrase that she says, uh, your guys can cut their teeth on something else. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Oh, That's one of my favorite phrases. Also, our, my team's already here eating power bars on your bridge. Yeah. They might as well have a bag of Cheetos. They look like such pieces of shit in this moment. <laughs> so. They're like, huh? <laughs> like, just like, like, they should just be covered in Cheeto dust. Yep. I like yep. it. And credits. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we get to where the ship is, before we can get visuals on the ship, they detect a second ship, a small wraith vessel larger than a dart. It sees them, starts beelining over, like assuming they're after the same thing. Yikes. And it gets very tense, and soon, as soon as they're at the range, Daedalus fires, quickly takes out the wraith ship without any issues. Wraith vessel, kill um, it away. And apparently the Wraith must have picked up the same signal that Atlantis did that the ship woke up and is no longer dormant. Yeah. And we finally It's a race s- to the prize, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can finally see the ship, Aurora. She is large. Mm-hmm. She definitely lost a fight. There is she no thick. life support. Suit up! Yeah. It is time. Apparently fun. She's pretty beat up, too, She's right? real beat up. Yeah. Uh, fun note here. Mm-hmm. Um... It's not actually Jason Momoa in the spacesuit. Oh, really? It had to be his double. Is he too tall? No. He, he couldn't cl- fit his his dreads in. His fucking... I was going to say his giant head, but I like that it's his dreads. He's going to fit his dreads in the... That's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> so they're beamed in just outside the bridge. It's very dark, very creepy, illuminated by their flashlights. The whole bridge is just open to space. Yeah. Um, but next door, Taylor finds something interesting. It looks like a whole bunch of stasis pods that still have power. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the stasis pods has a guy in a very unique uniform, maybe the captain. Sure. He looks at authoritative captain-like look. Yeah. Um, and looking up, they're like, there is a lot of pods. It's the pod people game. It is. It, this is our first reference to the Matrix, if you will. Uh-huh. The ship is the Matrix. The ship is Ta-da. the Matrix. They're batteries, actually, that power the ship. Yep. And McKay goes and tries to get life support up and running, which somehow McKay does. Because he's magic. I have no clue how. McKay is magic. And John reports back to Caldwell about what they found. They're out of their spacesuits in the stasis pod room. Mm -hmm. They are completely suspended. They're just aging very slowly. Mm -hmm. So far, they're guessing that there's hundreds of people and they... Like, they're, they're not going to be able to revive these people. No, they're basically dead. But as McKay looks into his tablet and looks into things, he discovers something. There's cortical signals. Hmm. Like, brain activity as if the guy was conscious. So, he's like, maybe they're just all in the same matrix. They could be talking to each other okay. for 10,000 years. Yeah, or since the signal started and woke up the ship. One of the two. So here's my, my weird question to yeah. you, right? Here's a quandary. Um, Jesse and I have had this conversation before. If Jesse is ever stuck in his own brain, mm-hmm. not conscious to the outside world, uh-huh. there's brain activity, but we cannot get him out. He's he's adamant yeah. that we kill Toller. <laughs> He wants to not be anywhere near the inside of his brain (laughs) by himself. Does anyone want to be near our own brains at all like that? I mean, I think I would be interested. I think I would. I think it'd be fun. But would you what would you want in that moment? 
Do you yeah. want to pull the plug? Here's the problem, though, is that it can go, I feel like, multiple ways. Mm-hmm. It could either be really good and just, like, essentially be, like, a waking dream for the rest of your life. Right. Or it could be real shitty. Well, that's what I mean. So what's your what's your choice? Will you take the gamble or do you want out? Because he and I have had this conversation. I mean. And he's like, I'm like, what if it's amazing in there? He's like, kill Toller. <laughs> I mean, if, it, it, am I just in a coma or am I like actually being kept alive by life support? Because I think that also plays into it as well. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that you're shut inside your own brain. If I'm like on life support. Mm-hmm. Pull yeah, it? Yeah, pull it. Okay. If I'm just like, I'm just going to lay in there and perpetually asleep. Mm-hmm. You know. Weekend at Bernie's me. <laughs> well, pour scotch down your throat? Yeah. Just let me be and just weekend at Bernie's me. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my choice is donate me for parts. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I say if there's, it, if there's yeah. no hope for me coming back and you're like waiting and hoping or you're yeah. like, there's like a 5% chance uh-huh. or it's like, ah, just, just take me for parts. Yeah. Say goodbye. Take me for parts and then understand that I will probably come back to haunt you. Oh, yeah, in those parts. Yeah. I'm going to do the thing like the rom-com where my heart uh-huh. is in someone else's oh, heart. Oh, 100%. And, and then, then I fall in love with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay. Okay, so McKay gets a little snippy when John asks, like, what you're saying is and... He's like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to talk to an ancient? Wouldn't it be nice He keeps explaining more about the complex system and he has, as he's getting like, his brain's going a thousand miles, he just kind of paused because he has an idea. Mm -hmm. And he radios Taylor and he goes, are there empty pods? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. They're the ultimate introverts. Yeah. (laughs) Social distancing. (laughs) And so they gather around an open, empty pod, and McKay's like, what, don't you trust me? John's like, no. <laughs> and there's a great silence, because we don't know if it's just being sarcasm or a carryover from previous episodes, where yeah. John's like, no, you have to fucking earn my trust back yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't know which it is, and I love it. It could be so many things. But McKay explains to John and Caldwell over the radio that they won't actually have to go into stasis. They just have to get into the pods and tap their brain into the matrix. So yeah, just um, tappy tappy. And go talk to the captain. Mm-hmm. I'm now, I like had to pause because my brain is immediately quoting Happy Gilmore in my head. <laughs> tappy tappy. Tap, tap, so tap. Taylor asks if it's safe. And McKay's like, I mean... That's not a good question to ever ask McKay. No, but McKay's a point. He goes, would I volunteer to go in and do something true. that wasn't safe? Yeah. That's true. Which is how John knows it's safe enough for him to go in. <laughs> yeah. And they sort of argue back and forth about who gets to go. And when again, Taylor, who knows how to work people... Oh, yeah. Is like, I mean, Rodney, if something goes wrong... Who would be the greater loss yeah. to us? <laughs> Who do you love more, Rodney? <laughs> Yourself? Like, You're right, John yeah. should go. <laughs> and as John lays in the pod, McKay explains the direct feedback loop between the processor and his brain waves. And when you want to disconnect, you just have to like concentrate and go, there's no place like home. Tap your heels together. 
I got it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And when McKay will be watching the EEG and if something goes wrong and weird and McKay should be able to disconnect him without permanent brain damage. Look, these are the risks that come with speaking to a living agent Mm -hmm. and closes the lid and we get this party started. So I had this idea of like, what would be the worst case scenario if you jump in the pod? Like, what if they're all just screaming and on fire? Yeah. They're just like, ah, this is so painful. Well, the other thing that could be that that I entered into my brain is like, what if time is happening differently in the pod? Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so it's been like a year for them. Yeah. No time has passed at all. They're just like hanging out. And so like, again, you're there for a week and it's like five years. Yeah. It's like the happy fun time ball in Critical Role. It's the happy fun time ball. Whoa. So when John opens his eyes again, it can only what I describe as like an Apple store of agent ships. (laughs) He's in white and like gray cream uniform and everything's cool blues and metal and white. Everything is peaceful. I mean, it really is if you ran Atlantis through the J.J. Abrams Star Trek bridge filter. I think that THX. Yeah, THX. Yeah. All of those. Yeah. And the camera sort of does this. I like some of the camera moves they do when they're in the Matrix here. Yeah. Some great panning and stuff. Fair. And just then the door opens and random crew guy comes in, pulls a weapon on him because, you know, he's an intruder mm-hmm. in a restricted deck. Security's called. I mean, it is what would happen. Sure. You show up on a ship. Yeah, that you're not supposed to be on. Someone's going to pull. In wartime. Mm-hmm. They escort him through the ship to the bridge, which is bustling with tons of of people and they never really say the first officer's name i think it's trabal the girl yeah okay i don't know barbie ancient yes ancient barbie i like it uh and i love her outfit though i'd wear that i mean it is pretty good pretty quickly and the captain is just who are you and why are you wearing one of our uniforms Mm mm-hmm John tries to introduce here. himself and tells him that he found a ship. He's you guys are trapped in pods. I'm communicating with you, and everyone's very confused. Hmm. The captains know what the system is. He's like the virtual reality that you guys put yourself in. He like this redoes is... the whole Jamiroquai video at them, and he's uh-huh. like, "This is something okay. virtual, virtual reality." reality. <laughs> And the ground starts moving on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, whoa, what a show. And they clap and they invite him in. Yep. And they're all besties and they give him the recon information. Yep. And the he kisses the end. girl, the end. Except that's not what happens. But it's, everyone's real confused and doesn't mm-hmm. know what John's talking about. And he's like, can we have a more private place to talk? And they do, but it's the brig. Yeah. The captain still wants answers and John tries to bottom line it. Look. We're from Atlantis. It's a bit changed. It's been 10,000 years. And, like, I honestly thought you guys all knew this wasn't real. Yeah. Uh, The crew has more pressing issues, though, Ancient Barbie says. Mm -hmm. Like the hyperdrive modifications. They're trying to speed up their hyperdrive to reach Atlantis. Man, she's got a one-track mind. It's so weird. It's It's, not suspicious at all. It's not suspicious at all how insistent she is. Mm -hmm. About this, um, okay, that's all. John tries to warn them that Atlantis is gone. The, his people evacuated to Earth. The war was lost. Like, your Atlantis yeah. is gone. No one's there. Um, but the captain doesn't know any of that and mm-hmm. has vital info on the weaknesses of the Wraith technology. And it will certainly turn the tide of war. Mm-hmm. 
this is a recon vessel after all. But that ish, that information cannot be told to John and is reserved for the Teldori Council. Damn it. Who's on the council? council. <laughs> but there's no council anymore, John tells him, that the Lanteans, like, left. And look, oh, idea, you guys left during the siege. When Atlantis was at the bottom of the ocean, uh-huh. I know it was stuck there because that's where we found it. Ta-da! And the first officer leads the captain away to deal with the hyperdrive with her one-track mind, and we leave John alone. I will say, my notes from my first watch through went, is she full of shit? <laughs> I mean, listen. Bam, bam, bam. They don't do a, they don't try to hide it no, very well. No, they don't hide it well at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, they leave John alone, he looks around and clicks his heels together a few times. Yeah. And the pot opens, it works. Yeah. And I love when McKay is like, oh no, Caldwell sent Taylor and Ronan to, sh- to search the ship's armory. Psych! Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what the, the hell? Yeah. I do like that John's just like, hey, this is what's going on. Gotta go back. Yeah. Going and back uh, John tells him how cool it is in there, and he talked to the captain, but he has to go back. And Phil's Caldwell and McKay, and together the captain has information on the Wraith weakness, mm-hmm. and he's not super forthcoming uh, because of reasons. And naturally, John did try to tell them that they were in a virtual environment, which mm-hmm. is the correct term. Yes. But they had no idea. They didn't buy anything John said. And Caldwell gives him the go-ahead to... Get back in there, soldier. And we just hear the old school, like, internet... (laughs) (laughs) Happening. So he's back in the brig. He yells out for the guard to tell the captain that I'm ready to make a full confession. And I like the visual and auditory effects they do when they blink in and out of the Matrix. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that like little, little like, staticky almost. Yeah, that little digital artifacts. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. It is pretty great. In the real world, Caldwell tells McKay uh, and fills him in that the sensors have two Wraith cruisers heading their way. Two Wraith cruisers and a microphone. They Where really... is that? I don't know why I'm in the 90s today with the musical <laughs> callbacks. And they would really, really like to not be here when there's Wraith I got two Wraith cruisers and a microphone. Um... So McKay is nerding out since he can track the neural signatures of the whole crew. Oh, yeah, John's in there. Yeah, he's uh, fine. He's He's in the pod. (laughs) Let's not talk about it too much. And Caldwell emphasizes that we have a ticking clock. Mm -hmm. And we can't be discovered. And if he's not out in 30 minutes, we're going to disconnect him. Yikes. Instead of the captain, Barbie Ancient comes in and to hear John's confession and because the captain has more pressing concerns. Hmm. John's like, yeah, um, instead of confessing, I really wanted to convince you that we're on the same side. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it'd really help if you picked a less preposterous story. Uh, and if I wasn't a bad guy in secret? Yes, that too. And he tries his best to, like, lay out the facts again, tries to roll that persuasion with advantage. The advantage being his charms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but only the captain has access to the communique. And John does seem sincere. And he turns the charm on even more. Because, mm. you know, she's hot. And <laughs> and then, like, tries to, like, lean on the... The thing that the shocks thing. him. <laughs> shocks him. He, okay, I have a question that just popped into my head. Yeah. So... When John comes in, when he gets in a pod and comes mm-hmm. into the virtual reality world, mm-hmm. 
he looks like John. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. the Wraith looks like the person who previously occupied that pod. And I think that's because the Wraith, that's, I think that's, I'm only assuming that's part of what the tech and everything that the Wraith did there, he hijacked that pod and was okay. messing with the technology a little bit. I think Got he was able it. to go, hey, what did this person look that's like? That's why. Take okay. Over. Okay. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back in. I'm, I'm in cool. belief in Lauren now. Um, but she does, as the first officer leaves, as Trabal leaves, goes, yeah, I'm going to speak to the captain, no problem. Mm-hmm. In the real world, Taylor and Ronan are actually finding more status, status pods, stasis pods. Status I like pods. that you call it the real world, because to me, it's CG <laughs> land in green screen world. <laughs> because the green screen is real. It's, uh, yes. It's greeny and screeny. It's real. Okay, that's all. But... It's the real world inside the fake sure, world. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Taylor's like, I'm counting, stop talking to me. Which, as a knitter... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those feel, are words you've said. I feel. Um, and in response, he just starts throwing numbers around. <laughs> yeah, trying of to course, because that's what you do to anyone who's counting. Which is something counting. that bartender Nick also does. I mean, isn't that the what you're supposed to do when someone says, I'm trying to count? <laughs> The goal is either to be, you, you have two choices, yeah. you left or right, you can go, I'm going to be a nice person mm-hmm. and love my friend mm-hmm. and and respect their wishes mm-hmm. and leave them alone. Or you can be like the rest of us hassles and be like 35, 72, <laughs> 91, 83, 11 million. And that death glare tale gives him is real. <laughs> yeah. And when they come to the next room, there's a woman with long, wavy white hair on mm. the ground, clearly dead. Yeah. Wraith Eaton, wearing the same uniform yeah, was as that. the first officer. And she calls McKay, no, this cannot wait. Yeah. This is so, bad times. So John's just chilling in the virtual brig mm-hmm. and calls the guard asking for the first officer. It's okay. She was totally going to talk to the captain for me. I totally believe her. Uh-huh. And the guard's like, yeah, well, she also told me to ignore everything you say. This guy's super, like, excited to be, like, the best officer. And then John's like, well, if she told you that, then why are you here talking to me? Yeah, you're clearly dumb. You dumb dumb. After a smug off, <laughs> right in front of the guard, John disappears with a great tech glitch. And John wakes up, looks around, figure that's enough time, heads back into the Matrix. And the guard has already opened the cell to see yeah. where John went. John pops <laughs> back in. Takes the guard's weapon and locks the guard in the cell. I love this. It's like a... I'm trying to remember. There's a and d spell where you can basically... Is it um, Hidden Step? It's not Hidden Step. But Which one are you talking about? The one where you travel to another dimension and then you oh, come back... Oh, Dimension Door? It, well, there's Dimension Door, but there's one that you can use a little more instantly. Um, I'll have to look it up. Is it the one that Ford was just using to bamf around? Because that one's Far Step. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um... It's one that Lykeos uses. Oh. Lykeos is from another campaign. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Because um, I think Dimension Door is a reaction. Yeah. It, it's not... Or a bonus action. So I mean. we had, in our campaign... Yes. We found some hidden treasures. Yeah. And these treasures were little onyx statues uh-huh. that we then figured out how to bring to life. Yeah. Among the, it's like a blink dog almost. Uh-huh. Where it could blink into the so fey realm the and then blink spell? back. Maybe. Because the blink spell's a thing. Maybe it's the blink spell. That's where the dog gets it from. That makes sense. Yeah. But uh, you could, like, ride him. But you can't always control it. Well, not the it. dog, but it was, uh, it was another. We had a lot of animals. You can't always control. Interesting. Okay. 
But that's basically what John's doing. My favorite is how you forgot your current group has a small animal statue. We do have a small animal statue. Yeah. Who has it? Who else would have it in your group? Yeah. Well, that's why. It's because Waylon has it's it. It's Waylon right? has it and hoards it. You know why? Here's why. Because I like to method act. Yeah. So if Rosie, like, Rosie doesn't know that's shit. That's what I was going to say. Rosie doesn't remember at all that you guys You know, it. here's why. Because if I know, if I don't do that, then I metagame. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Grace knows that. But Rosie wouldn't know that. And These then are the times where it's really, really, really hard for me as a DM not uh-huh. to be like, here's all the have a thing do a thing okay back to the show <laughs> okay back to the show back, back to, to the show john jail cell uh yeah so john really doesn't like being ignored mm-hmm. and so we not be gets, ignored ancients mckay gets down to ronan and taylor mm-hmm. ronan's like very politely moving the body <laughs> and taylor shows him the wraith gear recently installed next to the pod sure and then oh yeah the pod with the wraith in it which, of course, McKay would miss and see the tech before the Wraith. Yeah. It's basically like she found, he found the reader on the gas, yeah. like the skimmer, the uh-huh. card skimmer. And she's like, but there's an actual guy standing here next to the skimmer <laughs> yeah, I know. who's skimming. <laughs> okay. So the team left John on an ancient ship. Sure. Where there's a Wraith. Yep. And headed back to Daedalus. Yep, that's safe. I mean, it does sound like it was Caldwell's call, but mm-hmm. just left John. Have fun inside Egg. In the pod. Yeah. Pretty sure there's just the one Wraith. He's in the same simulation as the rest of the crew. And thankfully, the range on the Wraith Wi-Fi is limited, so we can't yeah. communicate with the incoming cruisers. Yeah. But given all the reason why they can't let the ships get in range. Yeah. Of them. It's now become even more important. So Ronan and Caldwell both just want to kill Wraith now. Yeah. There's This is a very simple equation. There's uh-huh. Wraith. Kill. Mm-hmm. There's no other complications in this. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. And McKay's like, hold up. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Usnavi's leaving the <laughs> Dominican Republic. We don't actually know how much of the system he's fucked with. And we right. just can't go shooting things because it could kill John. Well, and also let's consider what would happen in the virtual space, right? Yeah. She suddenly goes dead. Yeah. Um, or disappears, one of the two. Disappears, goes missing, or goes dead. The only new person is John. Now John's in trouble for killing her. But also, they have no idea what John is experiencing. That's what I mean. There's so many things that could happen. So many things. Yeah. Um, and... Such many things. <laughs> That's my dance. I'm um, glad y'all can't see it. it they're awful. like, well, listen, there's got to be a decent reason why John's still in there. He, you know... He's he's they, fucking. They know, he is <laughs> most likely fucking. He's fucking. Most likely. <laughs> uh, he's got to finish. He found that. a guitar. <laughs> he found he found a surfboard and some waves. <laughs> I mean, knowing John, he's not gonna leave without getting the info and then surfing, fucking on a surfboard. Sure. With a guitar. He's gonna surf away with the info. He's uh-huh. gonna be like, got a blast. Got a blast. Catch a wave. <laughs> Taylor asks if the Wraith can physically hurt him in there, and they're like, how would we know? Yeah. McKay's like, no, I don't know. It's like, Honestly, well, no clue. It's like, well, McKay may be the only one who's ever watched Friday the 13th. <laughs> yes. So he's like, you can die in your dreams. Uh-huh. And they're like, but now he's explaining the entire plot of yeah. Friday the 13th to them, and he's like, we Good really luck. should get back to John. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Um, McCain's like, this is why I should be down there, not on Daedalus, learning all the shit so that I know that uh-huh. can the Wraith hurt John in the simulation. And Caldwell goes, look, you have 15 minutes. McCain goes, that's not enough. Hmm. He's not happy with that. I like how he's like, where do you guys keep coming up with these numbers? And Caldwell's like, well, that's the number that after which I'm going to destroy the ship. So yeah. that's the time he got. Uh, I mean, it is a pretty solid reasoning. There, yes. And there is, for some reasons, a giant sun lantern thing in the captain's office room thing on Aurora. And the captain places a flat box on the table, which we don't know. It's like a great MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. And John comes in trying to look non-threatening. He's not here to hurt anyone. He just wants to help. And in mm-hmm. conversation, she gets knocked to the ground by ancient Barbie. Yay. And she comes Barbie. with guards to take him back to the brig. Mm-hmm. But it was enough for the captain to pause and go, is he telling the truth? Yeah, the captain is not super dumb. I can sense something is wrong. Yeah. And and the first officer is like, look, you're just exhausted. You need rest. Hmm. And Does like, he, though? Or are you a secret wraith? Yeah. And um, he's like, look. It's the sleep is a luxury we can't afford right now. Aurora's a fine ship, but she wasn't built for speed, and we need to make those drive modifications because I need to take him back to the. I mean, you have to get back to Atlantis. Let's get out of here. And the captain reluctantly agrees that once we get to Atlantis, then we can rest. And she has a cryptic smile on her face as the captain leaves. Because she's guys, evil. She's the rape. She's evil. Spoilers. In case it wasn't clear enough, I love. I do love that at the end. <laughs> Like, these episodes are always like, here's some clues, here's some clues, here's some... Hey, this is what's happening. Well, I Are you with me now? It's, okay. It's, I'm sure there's many, 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 many authors that do it, but it was in a number of the podcasts and everything that I listened to when that goes along with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. it was something that Gurm frequently does where he's like, here's the barest of hints mm-hmm. for someone who's real tin hat theory can maybe put it together. Yeah. And then here's, like, a decent one. So, like, most people, if they're paying attention, they're able to, like, this is this might be a thing here. Yeah. And then here's the thing that just punches you in the face. Yeah, it's like, we're going to, the story's going to ramp here. Yeah. The plot points are going to make everything pivot. So you have to know it here. Yeah. So we got to make it really clear. So at John's pod, McKay is confused and a little worried that he's reading Delta Waves. Mm. Meanwhile, Caldwell's already pushing them. Which to sounds like a now. super cool indie band. It does. Delta, Delta Waves. waves. But the EEG readings are decreasing and the delta waves are increasing and McKay is pretty sure John's unconscious. Something's <laughs> wrong and we can't just pull John. We don't know if it's going to brain dead him or something. Yike. And also, like, with the readings of what the Wraith did to the system, McKay isn't sure they can just pull him also without brain deading him. Mm-hmm. It could be booby trapped. They don't want to risk John's life. And Caldwell points out that, like, look, there's also the lives of everyone on this ship. And yeah. then also the lives of everyone in Atlantis. So while we love John, yeah. we gotta love everybody. Uh-huh. I, I will say Caldwell's really good at that. He's, um, he's, he doesn't allow bias towards a person no. to get in the way of anything. It is 100% the goods of the many outweigh the needs of the oh, one. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's very good at that. He's like, I will send people there down to pull him out of that if you don't. Yeah. And McKay looks around and he's like, okay, guys, here's the plan. Stall Caldwell. I just need a few minutes. I'm yeah. going into the main <laughs> Yeah, this part's fun. <laughs> so... Because him and John have a habit of saving each other, and it's McKay's turn. I love this and part. so he gives Taylor the button to pull him out manually. And if if they don't wake up, just 
beam him onto the data list with the medical team. <laughs> and McKay super doesn't want to do this. He works on some anxiety, some claustrophobia, and he goes in. I love, I love this. Um, I love the phrase. I'm sure that he, when Taylor's like, are you sure about this? And he's like, I'm sure that I don't want to do this. Yeah. Which is a wonderful, wonderful note on how brave uh, McKay is. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm not happy, excited. This no. is not adventure. I hate all of this, but this is what has to happen. And and so that's one thing of like a lot of these, like Kolya and everything would go on about how McKay's a coward. And I was like, look, McKay is a lot of fucking things. Definitely coward not. is not one of them. Yeah, definitely not a coward. Like his own ego prevents him from being a coward. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, so... John wakes up in the brig to a familiar voice <laughs> being escorted to the brig himself. McKay is convinced it's a nice little, people let me tell you about my best friend. And um, then it becomes like a heist duel thing. And he's like, look, I'm with John. And I love him describing John's hair as rakish. <laughs> because it 100% is rakish. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not a word you hear very often. It's but Because it doesn't fit everybody. It doesn't fit everyone. But if anyone's hair... Fits that like it's just that jaunty. Let me tell you, as someone who deals with a lot of like photography and Mm -hmm. having to cut people out, Mm -hmm. that is the worst fucking hair in the world to have to deal with. Have you seen my hair? Yours is actually easier because yours we can fake more of. (laughs) This is true. That's what we've (laughs) learned. The rakish straight hair. You miss a part of it. It's not gonna. It just looks like that's part of it. Yeah. Um, we've learned how to create textures, but the rakish hair is like, just like perfect little weird strands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all. So they're both surprised to see each other in the brig. McKay came to help John and John's like, oh, great. I feel, uh... I feel saved. So while waiting, Ronan contemplates how he could never live for 10,000 years in one of these things, kept alive by life support. Like a genie He's in a bottle. definitely on the kill me side of uh-huh. that situation. Yeah, yeah. Taylor is as well. <laughs> when Caldwell calls down asking for an update from McKay and they tag team their improv response. Thank God, because Taylor chokes for a second. Taylor chokes for Taylor's a second. Taylor's far too honest. She's far too to lawful get good. It. Yeah, she's lawful. It takes her... Too long to warm up into uh-huh. a lie. And we already know that Ronan is chaotic good. R- Ronan is Ronan. Ronan is Ronan. Ronan could have been a rogue. He could have been a rogue. Yeah. This is why I was so excited because I think I've mentioned that one of my only non-magic user D&D player I've ever designed was based on Ronan. Yeah. And we only got like two levels, so I never got to <laughs> and explore then we died. We'll have to go back. He was only the instrument of our destruction. That's all. It seems appropriate for Ronan. It does. Yeah. He was the chaos puppet that killed yeah. that entire... Mm-hmm. That allowed that TPK to happen. Yep. Basically. Um, so they tag team that McKay had to go check on the Wraith pod that the biometric receiver and reconfirm the frequencies yeah, of the word, neural feedback loop. Words that I don't know quite I if I'm using correctly. That they're both <laughs> impressed at the other's deception rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. More like that. More like that. (laughs) And then then the interference from the magnetic shielding is messing with the radios. We're going to go check on him. Got to go bite. (laughs) Couple's like, just tell him to hurry up. Like, yep. It's amazing. Right away. We'll do. Slight weapons malfunction. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. Mm -hmm. We're all fine here now. This is. um, Thank you. In the. 
I can't like hear you. We're going through a tunnel. Did you, did you like that? Did you like that service reference? It's pretty good. It's pretty fancy thing. Yes, it was a, I pulled that. <laughs> In the virtual brig, thankfully, it is like John has not. It's not that John has been able to disconnect, which is what McKay feared. Uh -huh. He's just still trying to get the info. Yeah. And oh yeah, um. John, by the way, there's a wraith in here. Yeah, by the way. John immediately like, yeah, it's probably Barbie Ancient. Yeah. I knew she was too hot yeah. to be and real. Yeah, and she knows the captain is the only one with the info, and she keeps stopping me talking to the captain. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, like, McKay is here now. <laughs> he can overwrite the protocols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't need the captain. We can just get me to the right console, and I'll just... Do what we Matrix gotta do. The Matrix. Yeah. Whoa. First, they have to break it's, out. He's going like triple inception. Uh huh. And McKay's like, "Hold my beer." <laughs> he wakes up, grabs a tablet, tells him to keep stalling. Yeah. And just, just keep stalling as I problem this. Mm hmm. The door opens to the virtual brig. John's confused. Two guards come in that just fall unconscious. Yeah. And McKay. <laughs> beams back in and uh -huh. they take the guards weapons they sneak through the ship and uh they spy on the first officer down the hallway yeah and mckay's like wow that wraith is hot yeah 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 john's like Let's... you're drooling over a wraith McKay's I love... like, i know i disgust myself sometimes i love that this is a callback <laughs> to him telling john that he has a pavlovian response to warships mm -hmm. and it's like okay yeah but you're drooling over a wraith, wraith yeah. because it's blonde. Uh-huh. So, who's, who's the, the, the cider now? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, and they sneak on, and John keeps guard as McKay gets to work on the console they've come to. Yikes. So, Caldwell has apparently beamed Ronan and Taylor up. Again, just leaving people in pods sure. on the ship with the wraith. Which is shitty, but I see his point. There if I cannot save four, I will save two. Yes. Because they're about to fire at the ship. That's what I mean. Where John and McKay are at. Yeah. Taylor fesses up going, because ah. here's the thing. He can't see, because they only didn't beat McKay up because he's like, I can't lock on to McKay. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Taylor's like, yeah, um, McKay's in a pod too. Yeah. McKay went in to go save John. You're in a pod. We're in a pod. Everyone is potting. Pod, Caldwell pod, orders pod. them a team of his own down to forcibly remove them from the pods. And Taylor <laughs> pleads for just a few more minutes for the guys. And yeah. the Wraith ships are 11 minutes out. Taylor's sure they're going to be out on their own then. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we can force pull them out. Yep. Taylor has literally no grounds to make that. No, she's just desperate. Caldwell hates working with this group. Absolutely. You can see it on his face. Well, because they're just fucking chaos muppets. They're so chaos muppets. Mm -hmm. I would argue far bigger chaos muppets than SG-1. You could, oh, yeah. <laughs> you could easily replace Caldwell with Kermit the Frog. And this episode would work just as well. In fact, I want a Muppets Stargate Atlantis episode now. Caldwell is Kermit. Let's see. Who's John? Um, Fozzie. Okay. Maybe? Yeah, is Ronan animal? Ronan's animal. Yeah. Yeah, McKay is, um, um... Um, he's, um... Skeeter? I think it's like, I think McKay is, uh, not Bunsen. 
It could be Bunsen. I actually he's a smart no, scientist. He is. No, no. I know who McKay. I want McKay to be. Who? He's Gonzo. <laughs> he's Gonzo. <laughs> so McKay's Gonzo. Gonzo. Yeah. Yeah. I like and it. And Taylor is. Is the, is Jan? Is that her name? I'm thinking Jan. I'm also just thinking, like, might be the Skeeter of the group, because oh, Skeeter's yeah. just like, can we all just not, organize? Yeah, let's just do a thing. Can we just get the show made? What is Weir? Weir? Hmm. Sam the Eagle. No. <laughs> I don't know who Weir is. I have I to think know. about that. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll come back to it. Okay. Not Miss Piggy. No, one's, no one on this group is Miss Piggy. No, I don't think we have one here. I, you know who Miss Piggy is? I know. Vala. Yeah. Vala's Miss Piggy, 100%. Yeah. I know who, I know, I know who, uh, I know who Carson is. Oh. Ralph. Oh, of course he's Ralph. He's, he's Ralph. 100% okay. Ralph. He's Ralph. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Back to this show. Yeah. So in the virtual roar, McKay realizes that the communique has been erased. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously the Wraith did that, yeah. um, but then why is the Wraith still here? And what is the end goal if it's not to get... Oh. <laughs> hmm. They're trying to modify the hyperdrive. And the Ancients had two kinds of hyperdrives. They have, like, the everyday ones, and then they have, like, the super drives that go in a, the inner, like, galactic. Yeah. Aurora has the real basic one. And, you know, the Daedalus has the intergalactic one thanks to the Asgard. And uh, the Wraith don't have that powerful one, and they really want them. So their captain is just feeding. Yep. And the engineers are just feeding. Yep. All of this technology and how to upgrade a hyperdrive to the Wraith. Yep, yep, yep. So we can learn how to modify the Wraith's yeah. hyperdrive, which means they can get as far as to Modifications. Earth. That's bad. New feeding grounds. Because Jupiter is near Earth. Yeah. I don't know if you were aware of that. Yes. It's super important that you know. <laughs> Sorry, it's being an idiot. Jupiter is, in the galactic sense, a uh-huh. neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to stop them from passing whatever knowledge that this wraith has gained <laughs> to the <laughs> wraith warships that are on their way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John's like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? And McKay then realizes that he forgot to tell John that there's two wraith cruisers coming. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. I was kind of distracted by how hot the Wraith is. <laughs> and McKay's Wraith like, Barbie. I can disconnect the Wraith from the outside, but I didn't because I didn't know if it would kill you. Mm-hmm. And, he, and John, like, this whole time, his brain's just slowly exploding, going, thanks. Also, she knows about Atlantis now because I told her sure. while trying to convince her. Sure, sure, sure. Because I thought she was an ancient. Now she's got all the reasons. Because I didn't know she was right. Yeah. Would have been nice to know the things. McKay's just like, I'm going to go and unplug and maybe kill, like, probably kill. Mm-hmm. They don't mention kill, but probably kill yeah. the Wraith. John's going to go talk to the captain. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the whole show. The info is wiped, but the captain still may know something. Uh-huh. Is there anything else you want to tell me, McKay? Nope. And and McKay ponders. I love you. that Caldwell's about to destroy the ship any moment. <laughs> Goodbye. Go. Gotta go bye. <laughs> <laughs> so McKay wakes up being alone and starts talking to himself because uh-huh. he's grumpy and goes to get moving. Yeah. John sneaks onto the bridge waiting for the first officer to disappear, for McKay to do something, anything. 
yeah. anything. Yeah. But we hear the hyperdrive modifications are ready to test. So John just has to play all his cards now. He comes out, he yells stop, tells the captain his first officer is a rape, that yeah. he's using him, that the rape killed the actual first officer, took her place, and wants to knowledge how to upgrade the hyperdrive, and the whole story about Earth, everything, and the first officer is, like, trying to counter that, and she starts flickering. Which is amazing. The timing. Good job, McKay. Yeah. And we see McKay in real life fucking with the rake's pod. Yeah. Inside, we see her slowly morphing into a wraith before disappearing. Yeah. John's like, proof enough? Is that, please? Please? And in real life, McKay's like, victorious! Oh, shit. Kidding. There's a wraith here now. He's <laughs> probably gonna wake up. Yeah. And it takes a second, and as McKay walks closer with his gun out, thankfully, uh-huh. uh... It just wakes up, and McKay's just, like, firing as he runs. Yeah, the worst. My God, the worst. Yeah. The worst. Just shoot and run. Shoot and run. You Don't even look at where nope. you're shooting. Nope. And he gets to John, waiting for him to wake up, reloading his gun. Mm-hmm. Inside, the captain feels real dumb. Mm-hmm. Instead of evading the enemy, they've been assisting them for who knows how long. Um, but John's like, look, she failed. Yeah. And we can defeat them once for all if you give now, me quick, the Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. <laughs> He goes, I never knew the info. Damn it. I didn't know it was in the communique. The council field feared our capture. So here's my question. Where and how did they get the communique? I don't know. Who had it? Where Where did they store it? I'm thinking the same things. Was it just like a secret Is this paper? Is just like Stargate Rogue One? I guess. <sighs> and they just didn't deliver the, the disc? And they just didn't deliver the disc. Yeah. And so, like, this is Princess Leia's ship, and it was destroyed yeah. on the way. Yeah. Damn it. And there was no R2-D2. To, to play it out. To jam the plans to the Death Star in. God damn it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, I was just busy being mad. <laughs> so, it was only in the computer, mm-hmm. the information. And if it's wiped, then they have here been keeping the information safe for 10,000 years for nothing. Fuck. And he realizes the <laughs> physical bodies are probably too old to revive. Yeah. And the captain wants to tell his crew. And John's like, no, they totally should know. But we kind of have a time crunch right now. So do it fast. <laughs> and the captain knows what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but melancholy. Melancholy? Yes. Um, he goes, you know, we wanted nothing but to return to Atlantis. Aww. And... Toast to victory, to the defeat of the Wraith. And he knows now that they're never going to be able to return to Atlantis. Um, But they're going to do what they can to help John and his people. And he's going to need John's help for that. So John wakes up. McKay's like, did you play a round of golf? Time crunch. (laughs) We have problems. One of Wraith is the Wraith that is about to barge into this room. Oh, yeah. Help me. Help me kill Wraith. Uh, And, and, like, he just... The Wraith comes in, John shoots him, he falls, and then, like, bad guy speeches that the the ships are coming. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We Earth know your moves. will be ours. And... Thanks, Dr. Evil. John's like, not if I can help it, and just kills him. Yeah. In the face. In the face. Caldwell can only see two of life, life signs again, so he hopes that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. John's like, "You, I need one more minute, dude. And Caldwell's like, no more minutes! Half minutes. No more minutes. (laughs) 
Yeah, ships are almost here. And John's yeah. like, yep, I'm going to take care of those in his best sort of heroic moments. John McClane voice. Yeah. Uh, and so we see the ships dropping out of hyperspace. Caldwell resigns to having to try to fight them. Sure. And when John is ready, they beam the two guys up. And they're like, yeah, run. Like, yeah. fast. Like, get, don't converse with me. Just go. Yeah. And Caldwell tries to question, like, we have to destroy the ships. They know about Atlantis. He goes... No, seriously, there's going to be a big bada boom. You yeah. need to go. Yeah, I took care of it. And Caldwell orders the sublight engines to military thrust, which... That sounds dirty. I don't... It does sound very dirty, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's the same as, like, kicking in the afterburners. Sure, I just like the idea of, like... It's a dirty word. It's real dirty. It's definitely... <laughs> military thrust. It missed the Karma Sutra, but it's definitely up there. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of the modern additions to the Kama Center. Yeah, 100%. So inside the Aurora, the captain's giving a speech to the crew. That Mm. he's never been more proud of them than in this moment. That it's been an honor. And even though they will never return to Atlantis themselves, they will be remembered. And as we see the ship... Thankfully he keeps it short so he doesn't get cut off. Yeah, short to the point. I only got a few seconds. Yeah. Um, And as we see the massive explosion Mm. takes out the raised ships and those of the Daedalus watch in... Reverence. I will remain at the crew sacrifice. Do, 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 do. Will you remember me? What's yeah, the they're not the. And then the hero comes along. Because like Aurora's not gonna remember. They're not them. gonna remember anything. They're probably forgotten. Probably. So sometime later in Weir's office, the team and Caldwell are all there, and the wraith never got to the ship. They never mm-hmm. uploaded information. Yep. They were able to find. They weren't able to find out the wraith's weakness, but they know there is a weakness. Mm-hmm. And before they all leave, John wanted to do something. Okay. So he picks up a bottle of champagne that he had stashed in the corner. Yeah. Weird comes around to classes. And I have to tell you that I had. Uh, I think my friend Jen, because it was because I don't have them now, which means she kept them. Yeah. We had those glasses. Oh, I have from ones Target. very similar to yeah. those. Let me just say that Star Trek The Experience in Vegas uh-huh. had cu- had cups you could keep that were very similar That's awesome. That. Um, but yeah, John pours one out for his homies. Yeah. And they all I, I do love the way he pours that champagne so haphazardly. It's That is a guy who doesn't seem like he's poured champagne very often. No, he's just kind of like, here you go, everybody get that. Some for the carpet, some for you, some for me. I'm yeah, just there's go. champagne all over the ground. Yeah, it's uh, kind of awful. It's going to be uh, sticky. Yeah, and I do love that they're having to use martini glasses. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's not like they have everything. But I do love that she has martini glasses. Uh, listen. Yeah. Where I feel is very much in my realm of one perfect cocktail sure is like the shit yeah 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 none of this just drink for a whole bunch no ronin action here no she's not interested in it no just one like beautiful old fashioned and she and she is a cocktail drinker oh yeah yeah oh yeah um and like the weird green cocktails that we're drinking that exactly. i improv at the last moment um a toast to aurora a toast to Aurora. Sad end, but a cool episode. It's very much like a D&D episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where it's kind of like a weird... There's a lot of plane shifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a weird, like, <laughs> heisty thing, but yeah. also you got to uncover the bad guy puzzle. Uh-huh. I like it. It's yeah. very good. It's it was good pretty times. cool. This, it this, was fun. This could be the basis of a really fun one-shot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
So I'm into it. Next up is SG-1 Fourth Horseman. And we're at the mid-season for both Atlantis and SG-1. So Fourth Horseman is a Mm two-parter. Next episodes of Atlantis are a two-parter. So we're going to watch both of of SG-1 and then both of Atlantis. Okay. So just, we don't want to split those up. So two Stargates coming up. Yeah, two SG-1s and then two Atlantis. I'm into it. And then we'll be back to flip-flopping. Let's get this gate on. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. Uh, Wash your hands. Um, We'll see you Don't lick things. Don't lick things unless they're supposed to be in your mouth. Um, We'll see you guys next week with For the... I didn't mean that to sound dirty. I didn't. I swear to you. I was trying to avoid... Like saying anything that was dirty, and I feel like the longer we pause, the, the longer more it, just it got, got dirtier. dirtier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm just going to. Okay. Find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. <laughs> Find us on Facebook at Simplice like Tara. Email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash Simplice. And remember that the Tara theme song is 23 seconds long and it's perfect for washing your Wash hands. Wash your hands to us. Uh, we love you.